it's good to see every one of you. Um, you guys are ready to get into the word this morning. Amen. You guys ready to get into the word this morning? Let me guys know um, we got to have a balance because, I mean, there's times where it's good just to let go and just worship and worship and worship. How I many guys, if you worship forever without hearing the word of God, you can forget why you're worshiping. Amen. You can forget that real worship goes beyond what you do in here with your hands up. It goes to how you live out there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, this morning, I'm going to continue this uh, series. Um, I started the series of seven drivers of Praise Chapel. We are Praise Chapel. Um, uh, and we have seven drivers that are, have really governed our movement. And uh, the second, the first driver I preached a couple weeks ago um, was we are looking for somebody. You guys remember that one? We're looking for someone where God can take take a mess, a mess in a person's life, and he could turn that into a message. Amen? He could change your life no matter what you're coming from. God is looking for someone to use. And this morning, uh, the second driver is we are Pentecostal. Amen? Everyone say Pentecostal. That may trip some of you guys out because you don't know what you're saying, or maybe you've been to some other churches, or... Or you've seen things on TV, you're like, I don't want that. And that's scary, amen? <laughs> right? Because there's some things that go too far, amen? And I really want to help you guys understand um, what it means when we say we're Pentecostal, amen? Um, the greatest thing that we need in our day is Jesus Christ, amen? How many of you know that everything we need is found in Jesus, amen? Every single thing we need is found in who? In Jesus, right? See, we need a move of God to happen in our church today. Amen? We need a move of God to happen not only in our church, but outside of our church. Amen? See, as the population continues to grow and grow, less and less people are getting saved. And more and more people are leaving the church. And more and more churches are closing their doors. Amen? That could be good or bad, because a lot of times, um, I mean, it's not good that no one's saved, but as far as people, churches closing doors, the church ain't the building, amen? The church is where the fire of God is at, amen? And people are born again, and they're loving God, serving God, and living for God, amen? And they got the fire of God burning inside of their heart, amen? And that's the church, the, the people of God, amen? It's not a building. And um, let me guys know, no matter what the situation looks like, we are not without hope this morning. Amen. I mean, guys, no, if we got Jesus, we got hope in our lives. Amen. I don't care how bleak the situation looks. I don't care how crazy it looks to your eyes. When you got eyes of faith, you know that you got everything that you need in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You got hope when you have Jesus in your life because it all boils down to Jesus Christ. Everything boils down to Jesus. He is the answer for all of your needs because ultimately all of the needs are the ones that are in our heart amen amen see in order for this to happen i believe we need to get back to the basics of our faith everyone say the basics okay i'm going to talk some things some of you may be familiar with what i'm saying some of you may not depending on your background where you come from your church experiences what what you've been exposed to um this may be familiar it may not but just try to do your best just to follow along in order for this to happen, we believe we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to praying and seeking God. Amen? How many guys know that we need to actively be seeking God? Amen? 
I'm talking about actually pursuing God. Like you have a hunger. You're developing a hunger and a thirst. The same way you get up and you want some, some papas and chorizo, amen, you need some God, amen. But you need God more than that, amen. That hunger, that thirst, that desire says, I want God. I'm not happy where I'm at. I want more. This isn't enough. I'm not full, amen, amen. We have to have a hunger and we have to seek God no, no matter what. It means we're going to have to sacrifice in order to seek God, amen? It means we're going to have to put some gadgets down. It means we're going to have to put some things away in order to seek God more. Can you say amen? amen? See, I believe that we're going to need to seek God. We're going to have to start trusting God's word, believing God's word, and obeying God's word as it is. Amen? We need to take God's word at face value, and what it says is what it says, and we need to believe it and begin to practice it. Amen? Real basic things. But I, I tell you what, the basic things will revolutionize your life. Amen? It's the basic things that will, will change your whole life. We need to get back to, to fasting and praying. I know it's like a bad word, you know, fasting. That's crazy. You know, the only time I, I fast is, you know, when I break fast from the night. Amen? I eat breakfast in the morning. Right? Right? That fast word, that's almost like another F-bomb. Amen? Don't tell me that. You know, I like my, my, my burrito. Amen? Right? <laughs> But how many guys know we gotta we gotta seek God, Amen? And uh, as much as a big boy likes to eat, but I also I also like to pursue God, Amen? And you know we have to be willing to put things aside and sacrifice times for us to seek God. And we all not only need to seek Him fast and get into the Word, we need to learn how to wait on God for an extended period of time. And that's actually something we're starting to do on Saturdays. Um, it's waiting on God. It's not being in such a hurry. Don't trip. I'm not going to keep you guys real long today, okay? I'm going to do my best to get you out of here. Normal time. We only got so long anyways. But, but there has to be times of extended, extended times of seeking God and sitting in his presence and sitting in his glory. How many guys have felt the presence of God in your life? Amen? I mean, put your hands up if you actually know what I'm, when I say the presence of God, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. See, the presence of God, like God is everywhere, right? He's everywhere. But there are times when he lets you know he's right there in, in a more real way where you actually can't deny it. You're like, wow, I think I feel God right now, right? You kind of just feel like, you ever feel like, you ever feel like when someone just kind of like, they're by you, right? They ain't touching you, but you know someone's by you. God will move up and get right next to you, Amen. And you feel God's presence. Amen. And so we got to get back to the heart of seeking God and really pursuing God, waiting on God and chasing God. Amen. And that's only going to come from a hunger for God. Are you guys with me this morning? Listen to this. We need to get back to the old school. Everyone say old school. We got to get back to the old school. I believe the reason the church today is into so much marketing and psychology is because we no longer seek God and we no longer take God at his word. And the consequences of that is a powerless church that has to rely on gimmicks and techniques in order to reach people and keep people entertained. Amen. And the reason that the church is relying on marketing, they've gone to the world to learn how to reach people and how to keep people. Amen. There's nothing wrong with flyers and stuff like that. We do that. But that's not where our hope is at. Amen. Our hope is in the prayer closet. Amen. Our hope is in that we're living righteous lives. Our hope is in that when people meet us and they know us, they say, you know what, there's something real about you. And I'm trying to get next to you because I want what you got. 
Amen? And that's really what it boils down to is when you have God in your life, that will attract people. Okay? That will attract people because they want to know who God is. Amen? See, it shouldn't be that way in the church today. It's not supposed to be that way. I understand we live in a day and age where, where people don't really seek God no more. They're like more like they go check things. Uh, I'll go check it out, bro. You know, I'll, I'll check it out. It's kind of like that. You know, I'll check it out, bro. Yeah, we'll check it out. You know what I mean? And that's cool. I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? But the church has really lost a lot of fire. Amen. It's lost that hunger. Amen. And really, we've lost that Pentecostal flame. Amen. We've lost that Pentecostal flame. As far as I'm around, church, if this boat goes down, I'm going to go down with it. Amen. But as long as I'm here, I'm going to do my best to make sure this church really knows Jesus and is discipled by the Spirit of God. Amen. And that we are a spiritual people who know how to get a hold of God, who know how to engage God, and know how to rest in God, and know how to operate in the spirits and the things of God. Amen? Because if we don't have that, we ain't got nothing. We're just a religious show. We're just a religious show. And that's why, like, we're, we're kind of like, we ain't that polished around here. You know what I mean? You guys notice, we ain't that polished, right? But that's all right, because God really don't care about that. He's looking for heart. Amen. He's looking to see, do you have heart this morning? Do you love me? Are you hungry for me? Are you wanting to seek me this morning? That's the question. So my sermon this morning is we are Pentecostal. What does it mean to be Pentecostal? Everyone say it. What does it mean to be Pentecostal? Check it out. At its heart, the Pentecostal movement is not spirit-centered, but Christ-centered. The work of the spirit, as Pentecostals understand it, center on exalting and bearing witness to the lordship of Jesus Christ. The Pentecostal, Pentecostal comes from the word Pentecost. The word Pentecost means 50. All right, everyone say 50. Right? 50, right? The day of Pentecost means 50. The name comes from the expression found in Leviticus 23.16, which instructs people to count seven weeks or 50 days from the end of Passover to the, new, to the beginning of the, new, uh, the next holiday. Check this out. The day of Pentecost is the day that the church was born. Amen. If you read in Acts chapter 2, I want you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2, or we can get it on the screen. Acts chapter 2 is the, is the famous portion of Scripture um, that uh, those who are known as Pentecostals, this is their foundation. This is where they say, you know what, this is what it's supposed to be like. We base our whole spirituality, 2 verse 1. We base our whole spirituality, our whole model of operation, the way we do everything is based off what we see right here. And what we see in the book of Acts, amen? How many guys have read the book of Acts before? Okay, all right. How many guys know that is supposed to be our lifestyle, amen? The book of Acts is supposed to be the way it looks to serve God, amen? It, it means you're supposed to be radical. You're supposed to be on fire. It means that you, when someone's sick, you say, come here, I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And you can actually believe that God can heal someone when you lay your hands on them and you pray over them. You're going to believe that if, if, God, if you felt God tell you in your spirit to go lay hands on the dead, that they would rise. If, if God said, you know what, I want you to go do this, you need to go do it. No matter how absurd or how crazy it may sound, if God is telling you to do it, God is looking for people who will say, I will do it because I believe you told me to and because God is not confined to our limitations or our understanding God is not confined to everything that we thought we knew amen how many guys know God wants to blow your mind he actually wants to blow your mind and he just wants to blow up your heart and say you know what you thought I was this but really I'm more than that 
right? I can do far more than you ask. I can do far more than you think. I can do far more than you could possibly imagine. I'm here to do something to blow your mind. Amen? But he's not doing it just for the sake so we go, ooh, that was neat. Ooh, I got the Holy Ghost goosebumps, right? It ain't about that. It's about people learning that Jesus is truly the Christ, the only way to the Father. And God has put the power on the church so when the message is proclaimed, that people can see a demonstration that it is real. <coughs> Excuse me. Someone grab me a water, please. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Are you guys with me? I'm going to do a little bit of reading, okay? It says, when the day of Pentecost, everyone will say Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being, spoke, being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Thank you. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, everyone say some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. You know what that means? It means that it's normal for people to trip out on Pentecostal people. Amen. It means it's normal for them to not fully understand what's going on. As God moved upon the disciples in the upper room, people said, wow, that's amazing. I hear them speaking in a language that I know. Where I, from where I come from, they're speaking in my language. But I know that they don't know my language, right? And they were praising God. But then you had others who said, man, these dudes are drunk, right? You said, man, these dudes are tripping, man. Get it. They're, they're doing too much, right? They, they hit the bottle and they got loose. They went and had church while drunk, amen? What's wrong with these people, right? Can I tell you something? If you're going to be open to what God would want to do in your life, you have to be willing to be open to looking foolish, and people not understanding what God is doing. That is at the key. Because if you have a pride and say, oh, God, you can't, you can't make me look cool, man. I just, I just creased them up. What you want me to do? You want me to pray? Get on my knees and pray. I just creased these. <laughs> right? Right? And these are new kicks, man. I don't want to get the front of them dirty when I bend. Come on, man. Can we take care of it when I'm in my house shoes? What's up? Right? Right? And God said, no, get on your face now. Right? Do it now. Be willing to look a fool if you have to. How many of you guys know that we looked a fool for the devil? Amen? How many of you guys know we looked pretty foolish when we was drunk? We looked pretty foolish when we was spun out? 
We look pretty foolish when, when, when we're going here and being with this person and being with that person, right? We look pretty foolish, right? Some of us have been behind, behind bars. You know, you know there, ain't, there ain't a whole lot of dignity in some of these places. Some of you guys know that we all have things, but we look pretty foolish. The devil made us look pretty foolish, right? Some of you guys know that no matter what, you're going to look foolish. Who are you going to look foolish for? Who are you going to look foolish for? Amen? You guys with me this morning? So check this out. As in those days, some people think that they, they thought they were crazy and they're going to believe that we're crazy. Check this out. We believe that God still baptizes people in the power of the Holy Ghost. We still believe that God works miracles, and we, we believe that he still gives spiritual gifts to people. That's why when you hear Brother Greg over there, you hear like, what is that guy doing? What's he doing? He's praying the brother praying in tongues. That's called tongues, okay? I'm not even going to hide it. It's called praying in tongues, right? That's Bible. Okay, you can actually get in your Bible and read it for yourself, right? And the Bible gives instructions and orders on how we're supposed to do things, and sometimes we just get a little comfortable. Praise the Lord, amen. We we got we let loose, amen. And uh, for some people, that's cool. Some people, it's not. But we have to give an explanation for what's going on. Can you say amen? Amen. So how some people express, check this out. Because how many guys have seen the crazy things going on maybe TBN? Or some of the religious stations, you'd be like, oh, heck no, right? Like, you, they just want my money, man. Did she just get shot in her face with a paintball gun? What happened, right? Right? You got these crazy-looking people who look like extra religious, got big hair, got the big, you know, they just look crazy, and they're telling you crazy stuff, and and like, that's God? And for a lot of people who those television stations are reaching, they say, if that's God, I don't want that, you know? I don't want that. Or maybe some people they've been in a they 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 went to a Pentecostal church before, right? And they see people acting just crazy, right? And they're not used to that. They're saying, "What what is this? What is going on here? They've been sipping on something. What's going on? They took some acid. What's going on with them, right? What is going on? They hit that KJ. What is up with these people, right? What is up with these people, right? They're laying on the ground, talking in tongues, lifting up their hands." Some people have experienced different things. Can you say amen? No matter how crazy it looks, can I tell you something? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? Because look, no matter how you cut it, when God moves upon somebody, something different is going to happen to them, okay? What that looks like may look very different for very different people. And some of us, how we respond to our feelings. How many guys, when you get really mad, you look way different than you look right now? Huh? Huh? Got bloody knuckles, slamming things, yelling, <laughs> right? You're speaking in other tongues, amen? Right? Right? I mean, got to know when certain feelings hit you, they get you acting certain ways, right? They get you acting in certain ways. But when the Holy Ghost hits you, it makes you act in a certain way. And depending on your temperament, some people, yeah, we got issues. A lot of us, can I be honest? A lot of us are drug addicts, okay? We come from a drug addict background. Okay, that and we still we still emotionally messed up. We still trying to, you know, figure out where our nose is, you know, right? Right. And so, like, when we feel God, what you see may not look very dignified. It may not. Man, that ain't proper, man. I, you know, I went the church I went to, man, they sat up straight. They stand up, sit down, nice, uniform, organized, neat like that. Right. But if you are open to what the word of God says. You're open to the fact that it might look a little messy. 
Amen. You might not be able to package it, package it up real nice and put a bow on it. Amen. You're going to have to say, you know what? I don't fully understand that. I don't necessarily want to look like that. But, Lord, if it's you, I want what you got for me. Right? Because they look like they're having a way better time than I am. Amen? Right? So we got we to gotta ask ourselves, am I willing to surrender to God and say, whatever you want to do in me, Lord, I want to open my heart up. Lord, if that tongue stuff is real, Lord, I want it. If it, if it really is what the Bible says, a prayer language, right, I want it. Right? If the Bible says that I can actually pray for someone to be healed, I want to be bold enough to say, you know what? I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up on your feet and walk. Right? If, if God puts something in my heart, I want to be willing to do it. If God starts revealing something to me about somebody, I want to have the courage to say, you know what, Lord? Uh, I'm going to respond to you. And I'm going to tell this person, you know what? I feel like the Lord is telling me to tell something to you. And, and this is what it is. And for some of you, maybe you've experienced that before. Someone's giving you a word of knowledge, and it just began to break you. Like someone was just reading all your mail. They just started telling you all your business. And they're like, how do you know that about me? How could you possibly know all these things about How did you know I was going through that? How did you know? It's God. It's God using that person. We are vessels. Amen? That's all we are is vessels. And if we will open up our hearts and open up our lives and allow God to have his way, he'll do mighty things. And guess what? It has, God has, is no respecter of persons. Man, woman, young, old, it don't matter. It don't matter, you, it don't matter if you got personal limitations. It don't matter if you stutter. It don't matter if you're blind. If God wants to use you and you're willing, guess what? He will. Amen? How many of you guys know we have to keep a balance, though, between the Word and the Spirit of God? Amen? We must keep a balance between the word and the spirit. Amen? Because what happens is some people, they, they like get real crazy, right? And guess what? And they go so far gone, you're like, come back, come back. Where'd you go? Right? They don't even, they don't even believe in holding the Bible no more. That's not, that's, you, that's legalism, right? You, right? You, you religious folk, right? You're trying, to, you're trying to bind me to the word, the written letter, right? I'm too spiritual for that written word, right? Now it's the written word that tells you you can do all that fun stuff. Amen? And you just got to make sure that you stay within the confines of that word. Can you say amen? Okay. Check this out. Being Pentecostal is not about a way of dressing, and it's not about a certain style of ministry. When I was growing up, what being Pentecostal meant, all the girls wore long skirts, and they had big, heavy buns on their head. And it, it looked like it hurt their neck, okay? And, and I'm cool. I don't care if that's – some people still express their faith that way because they're doing I, – I know why they're doing it. You know, they, there's good reasons why they do it. It's for modesty's sake and because they, they're trying to obey God to their understanding, right? But that is not what it means to be Pentecostal, okay? That is not what it means to be Pentecostal, right? It doesn't mean that you have to – look a certain way or, or dress a certain way. Being Pentecostal has nothing to do with style or looks. It has to do with the set of convictions that you live by. Amen? A set of convictions that you live by. Someone asked me, what are convictions? I'm glad you asked. Amen. How many of you guys know that convictions are not the same things as opinions? Amen? Convictions are not the same things as opinions. Check this out. Listen to this. Many men 
may have opinions, but convictions have men. Does that make sense? People have opinions and beliefs, and guess what? We change our opinions all the time, right? We change beliefs. Oh, I, I thought this. Now I think this. But a conviction is something that holds you down at the deepest level of who you are. A conviction is something that you live out of. A conviction is a belief that controls all of your other beliefs, right? A conviction is saying that, you know what? I believe this is right. I believe this is wrong. I believe this is the way it's supposed to look. And if it doesn't do that, you got me twisted. I can't, I can't operate with you, right? I just can't, I can't cross that line, right? I can't do that, okay? I don't care who says what. I don't care what they want to do to me. I can't do that. Or we have to do this because you believe it, because you have conviction about it, right? You have conviction about it, right? Like a mama says, you got to take care of your baby. You got to take care of your baby, Right? You don't have to convince her, right? You don't have to convince her. You got to do it, right? The things you do. Look, we have to be a people of conviction. We believe that God, check this out, we believe that God doesn't change as Pentecostals. Amen? How many guys know God doesn't change? Does God change? No. Thank you. Thank you very much. God does not change. Amen? He is the same. He is the same, the same God that you read about from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's the same God. And whatever he did, he can still do. And we don't say, well, you know, we got our Bible now, so we no longer need you to do anything for us, right? We actually believe that God can do a miracle. We believe that God can touch you, that God can just deliver you, that God still can use someone to cast out demons. It's crazy stuff for some of you. I understand. But can I tell you something? It's Bible, and you're going to, if you read your Bible or you stick around Christianity long enough, you're going to hear stuff and you're going to see stuff. Amen? And I want you to be prepared and equipped on how to deal with it and what we believe as a church. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Check this out. We need to hold our convictions that the book of Acts in the Bible is not, is not something that we're just to read about. It's something that we're supposed to live. Amen? If there's anything that frustrates me the most is to read my Bible and say, I want that. You guys ever been frustrated? You guys ever been frustrated because you want more? Like, dude, check this out, man. I didn't give up my life of partying and my life of sin and everything that I was doing just to come and sit in the church house. Right? There has to be something real. There has to be something more. There has to be something more exciting than what I was doing. Amen? There has to be something inside of me that's more excited about what I used to do. You guys with me? Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Man, you guys are quiet on me. You guys all right? All right. All right. All right. You guys know in order to preach a message about Pentecost, I don't have to, like, be hooping and hollering and getting all crazy, right? You know, Pentecost isn't about emotionalism, right? Right? <laughs> Some of you guys think if you ain't crying, if you ain't shaking and quaking and doing the butterfly on the floor, <laughs> that you ain't having you ain't having Pentecost, right? <laughs> right? Right? Some people ain't happy unless they like, right? And that's all good. I mean, do what you do. <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm saying is we are not controlled by our emotions. Amen? Pentecost is not confined to emotionalism. Okay, it's confined to a set of convictions, 
that believes God can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, and we got to be willing to let him do it when he wants to. Does that make sense? All right. Okay, well, I think I'm on this one all by myself this morning, but you guys just hang with me. Check this out. This should be our prayer. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. You guys ready? You guys ready? All right. All right. There you go. Praise the Lord, man. Man. All right. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Check this out. It says, Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. Oh, Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember me. Check this out. It says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. Basically, the prophet is saying, check this out. I've heard about all the things that you used to do. I've heard about people who said that you did something miraculous in their life. I've heard about miracles. I've seen it in the book. I've heard people talk about it. They've experienced things in their life. And, Lord, I'm not seeing it. Lord, I'm not seeing it with my eyes. And the prophet is saying, look, Lord, I want to see you move again. Lord, I've heard of your fame. I've heard about what you used to do. But I know you're not a God stuck in yesterday. You're the God of today. Amen. That, the, that Jesus Christ is actually risen and alive today. Right? It's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago. He's alive today. If we could only find it within ourselves to say, Lord, I believe you and I trust you. And I'm going to seek you. And I'm going to actually expect you to do something in my life. See, the problem is, is that many of us don't expect anything from God. We don't expect not one thing from God. We're just like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it, right? We got that lazy Christianity, right? Right? You just sit there and wait. The Bible says that we need to pursue him, right? And the prophet is pursuing God, and it was during a time of judging, much like it is here in America, okay? Right now we're at a time where we ain't seen a whole lot of activity. We're seeing a whole bunch of religious fervor, but we ain't seen a whole lot of activity of God with our eyes, like we see in the book of Acts, right? And God is saying, you need to seek me the same way this man did. This man cried out for me. And he said, I want to see your fame. I want to see you make your name great. I want to see you show off in the middle of the world. I want to see you show off in the church. I want to see you show off in the streets. I want to see you show off, Lord. God, I'm tired of just settling for where we're at, God. I don't want to just have church. God, I want to see you move. God, I want to see you do something special, God. I want to see you do something miraculous, God. Lord, God, I don't want, Lord God, to waste my life just doing religion. God, something inside of me has to come away. God, wake me up. Lord God, wake me up, God. Lord, cause me to long for you. Cause me to hunger for you. Cause me, God, to want you more than I do. Lord God, forgive me for my dead affections, God. Lord, forgive me that I'm numb towards you. Lord, forgive me, Lord, that I don't even hardly desire you. Lord, forgive me and have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy and send revival again. Lord, send revival again. Send your spirit out. Pour your spirit on your people, Lord. You want to know why so many people leave the church? Because they're bored. They're bored. They're bored. Straight up. They're bored and ain't ha nothing happening. Ain't nothing happening. And when people start seeing that there's something real to this, and they start getting a touch of God on their life, 
guess what? It begins to change them. Guess what? You don't got to call someone and say, hey, bro, you coming to church? Nah, man. They're like, Pastor, man, we can't open it up faster, man. I'm trying to pray, right? Man, I got these people I brought with me. Come on, Pastor, open up the doors. Come on, quit playing. You're lagging, right? There has to be something inside of it more than pure emotionalism, more than just being excited about God. It's more than just human excitement about God. It's something from deep down within that says, God, I have a hunger for you, God. I'm longing for you, God. Lord, God, nothing else satisfies me, God. Lord, I've tried drugs. I've tried girls. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried everything that the world has to offer. But, God, it ain't satisfying the, 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 the thirst of my soul. God, I need something more. I need something more than what this world is offering me. And, God, I don't want to settle, Lord. I don't want to settle. God, I don't want to die. I don't want, man, I don't want my, Lord, it ain't about me. But, God, when, they, when I am remembered, I don't want to be remembered as someone who just sat on their couch all day. I don't want to be remembered as someone who did nothing. I think we need to be known for something. That's for radical faith. Amen. When you pass away, they say, you know what? I remember them when it was crazy in the world. And I also remember them when it was crazy for Jesus. Right? Right? And that has to be something, amen, that's in your life. So check this out. You can't be cool and walk with God. Can I tell you a secret? You really can't be cool and walk with God. If you try to keep your cool card, amen, right? You try to keep your cool card. God go like, let me see your cool card. Can I see that? Thank you. Right? Right? Because guess what? He don't care. He don't care. Because God wants to deal with someone who ain't afraid to just cry and get a hold of God. Man, you got the mocos flowing. Oh, Jesus. Right? I got this little bit of saliva in your mouth. Right? You got to get undignified for Jesus. You got to be willing to get down and dirty. Amen? You guys know when you want something bad enough, you get down and dirty. Huh? Anyone, anyone get down and dirty for what they want? Don't lie. Don't mind you in the house of God. There we go, sister. That's fine. When you want it, you get it, right? When you want it, you get it? When you want it, you get it? When you want it, you get it? Let me ask you a question. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want the power of God in your life? Do you want the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Do you want the presence of God? Do you want to fulfill the purposes of God for your generation? Amen. Do you want to see God at work, not only in your life, but the life of your family, in the life of the streets, in the life of your city? You want to see God at work and you say, you know what, man? Man, God, you are so good. You are so good. Doesn't mean you won't have tribulation. Doesn't mean you won't have trial. Don't mean it'll be easy. But what I'm saying is it don't control you. Hard times don't control you. You'll be able to rise above it because you've got something better than your circumstances. Amen? You have a hope. You have something to look forward to, and you got the power of God inside your life. Can you say amen? Check this out. Remember, the prophet here in Habakkuk, he said, Lord, I remember your fame. I want you to do it again. That was the prayer of his heart. He said, Lord, do it again, Lord. Do it again. God, I'm not satisfied with where I've been. God, do it again. 
I want you to do something in my life. Lord, do it again. Lord, I'm not happy. Do it again. Do it again, Lord. That's the cry of a heart that wants to move from God. That's the cry of the heart that says, I will not be satisfied with the little trinkets of the world. I will not be satisfied with drink and sex. I will not be satisfied with a little bit of cash. I will not be satisfied with a nice car. I will not be satisfied with a little happy family. I will not be satisfied until I get God in my life, fully in my life, taking over my life. I will not be satisfied. And you got to let that beast just come out of you. Amen. You got to learn how to get a hold of God. So God could get a hold of you and work in you and work through you because you're just a vessel. And when you get God in your life, he will come in and he will work through. Amen. Hallelujah. See, one thing we have to understand is when this prophet was praying, he was praying for Israel. He was praying for Israel, God's people. Right. And you have to remember one thing is that God's people were surrounded by all kinds of pagan nations, all kinds of pagan nations who worshiped all kinds of other gods, right? And so he was saying, something has to make us stand out from everybody else. Something has to make us stand out. Something has to show that God is actually with us, that the real God that we preach, the real God that we talk about is actually with us. And we're not just like everybody else. We're not just one religion out of many religions. We're not just one voice out of all the voices. There's something distinct. There's something powerful. There's something pure. There's something real. There's something that I can't deny about these people right here. I can't deny that God is here in this place on these people. I can't deny it. The book of 1 Corinthians says that, man, what people should come in, when they come in from the street, they say, oh, my God, God is in this place. And they start confessing their sin. They say, I want to get right. That should be what we experience here. That should be, this should be an oven, man, with the fire of God just raging. And when we worship and when we pray, we're just throwing in logs and say, burn it, Lord. Burn it, Lord. Burn it, Lord. Burn it, Lord. Man, I'll go do a head dive in there. Amen. Lord, consume me. Lord, get a hold of me. My life is boring. I have to resort to drugs and alcohol and all this other stuff. Lord, do something better than that for me. I want something more. I need something better. I need something more real, something that will keep me, something that will last, something that won't cheat on me, something that won't lie to me. Something that will do a work deep down inside of me. I want God to get a hold of me. Don't send your stuff to somebody else. For you. Did I see it? For you. For you. Jesus, for you. Alyssa, it's for you. God wants to bless his children. You just got to quit playing around. Amen? You just got to quit playing around. Quit playing footsies with the devil. Amen? 
And then, yeah, we play footsie. Hey, mommy. Mr. Twinkle Toes. Yeah. Huh? You know, caressing his leg, right? You better stop it. Amen. You better stop it, ladies. Huh? Huh? Men? Huh? You better stop it. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you guys know that? This does not mean that we are to live by feelings and for experiences. Because there are some people who turn Pentecost into experience seeking. And they end up wanting the gifts in daddy's pocket more than they want the giver who gives the gifts. And basically, they're just Holy Ghost hoochies. And what I mean by that is they just want to get in God's pocket and get his goodies, but they don't really love him. They don't really love him. They just want what he got. How you guys know God knows when you're trying to play him? God knows. He could spot a Holy Ghost hoochie a mile away. Amen. You guys feel me? Am I speaking your language? Amen. That's my language. Amen. And he don't want you to want what's in his pocket more than you want him. But let, let me tell you something. When you get it right and you want him, pour out his blessings on you. But you need to make sure you don't get it twisted. Amen. Don't be wanting what he got more than you want him. Amen. Because check this out. God is into relationship. And he's looking for someone who truly loves him. And truly desires him. And who doesn't just want to get out of jail free car, even though he's known for doing it plenty. Amen. He'll come and he'll bail you out. He'll help you. He'll provide for you. He'll do this for you. And all the while, he's trying to show you, hey, I love you. When are you going to start opening your eyes? Huh? When are you going to start opening your eyes and just start being faithful to me, even when things are tough? Even when things are hard, how Pentecostal are you? Right? How Holy Ghost are you? Amen? Can you get a hold of me when things are tough? When you ain't feeling those Holy Ghost goosebumps, can you love me? Can you still surrender to me? That's what he's asking. How many of you guys know it's like a marriage? Amen? It's like a marriage. How many of you guys know marriage has a lot of benefits? Amen? It has a lot of benefits. Amen? And you should seek good experiences while being married. But how many of you guys know that just because you have a hard time in your marriage don't mean you get to quit, right? And just like, just like that, Pentecostals, just because we ain't feeling the Holy Ghost goosebumps don't mean we get to be unfaithful and start going out on God. Amen? And that's where we have to learn to discipline ourselves and learn to obey God. And be faithful to him in spite of our feelings. We have a generation today that is just governed by their feelings. Everything is feelings. What I feel, what I feel, what I feel. What about what is true? How about asking that? What is true? What does God's word say about that? Am I believing truth or am I just going off my feelings? Right? Because that's where we get messed up. Is when we go off our feelings instead of what is true. Amen? How many of you guys, your feelings jack you up? Amen? Your feelings jack you up before, right? 
either anger, depression, sadness, whatever, shame, guilt, all just feelings just mess you up. But God says, I want you to get beyond your feelings and I want you to get into me. Get into me and my word and learn how to worship me, learn how to pray, learn how to seek me, even if you don't feel it. That's discipleship, baby. Okay? That's discipleship, baby. When you know how to get a hold of God, even when that's the last thing you feel like doing. Right? You can't rank out on God every time it gets tough. You can't rank out on God just because you didn't get what you wanted. Right? You got to learn to say, you are truly Lord. I don't just give you lip service. You are truly Lord of my life. And I bow my knee to you. Can you say amen? Amen. Check this out. Be closing right now. Kind of right now. Amen. So why is this message that I'm talking about being Pentecostal, why is it so important? Is it important? Is it just something that, well, it's just kind of our thing, you know? It's just kind of our thing. You know, it's cool. You know, you don't really have to have it or whatever. Guess what? There are plenty of Christians out there who are not Pentecostal. They're not charismatic. They don't believe in it. They're going to go to heaven. Amen? And they're my brothers, and I fellowship with a lot, and they don't agree with me. Um, but I also don't see, I don't see them talking about the presence of God. I don't see them talking about, man, God did something in my life. You know, I, I just don't see it. I don't see, I don't see, I don't hear testimonies being given to what God is doing. And it's because they're limited by their, by their understanding. They say, well, God can't do that. He stopped doing that a long time ago. Nah, especially, can I tell you something? Especially us poor people, we need a God of miracles. Amen. We need a God of miracles. Amen. Right? Because guess what? If it's all up to me, I'm in trouble. I don't got no money. My health is messed up. I ain't that smart. I messed up a lot of years. I burned a lot of bridges. What hope is there for me if I don't serve a God who does miracles? Hallelujah. What hope is there for me if there ain't a God who can do something miraculous in my life? What can that kind of God do for me? And that we need a very real God gets into people's real lives. Guess what? God ain't scared of your junk. He ain't scared of your junk. He ain't scared of all your faces. Amen? Right? He ain't scared of your sin. Right? He ain't scared of your shame. He ain't scared of your secrets. He ain't scared of any of it. God will come right next to you and say, do you want me to take it? Will, will you let me have it? When you begin to surrender those things to God, you begin to experience God in a new way. But God won't settle for, for leftovers. If you say to yourself, I'm going to try this, this, and that, or I'll try God a little bit, but if it don't work, then I'm going to this, this, and that. If you've got a plan B, God says, I ain't moving in your plan A. I ain't going to move in your plan A till." Plan A is the only plan you got, and I'm your only hope, and I'm all you got, and you don't even think about nothing else. And basically, your attitude says, Lord, you are who you say you are. I believe what you said. You're good. I believe what your word says, and I'm going to stand on your word. And guess what? If you're not real, if you don't do what you say you're going to do, I'm going to fall flat on my face, and I'm going to get in so much trouble because you weren't there. That's how scary it gets. That's what faith looks like. 
It feels just like risk. It tastes just like risk. It looks just like risk. And it don't make sense. But when God is telling you, you feel it. You feel that little voice saying, do it. Let that go. Darkness is just a season. You're on the holy of holies right there. God speaking to you. Will you listen? Will you listen? Because at the end of the day, he doesn't care. You can do all your religious gymnastics. Amen. You can do the worm on the ground in Jesus' name. Amen. You can, you can pass out all the fly. You can do Bible studies. But if you're not doing the one thing that God is telling you to do, you're in disobedience. What is God telling you to do? Remember, to get the full experience of God, he's looking for surrendered people. Will you surrender to him today? Listen to this. Listen to this. Why are we Pentecostal? Because we need a very real God to show off in a very real way. And guess what? I don't base my beliefs on my experience. If I never see a miracle, a bona fide miracle, if I never speak in another tongue, if I never experience all these things I hear about, it doesn't mean it's not true. I just have to trust God, okay? I have to trust God, and I have to know that he has something good, and he knows what he's doing. And he doesn't have to do what I want when I want. Amen? Why is this so important, though, that we have the power of God in our lives and we're a Pentecostal people? Listen, Exodus chapter 33. Listen to these words. Powerful, man. This is one of my most favorite scriptures. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13 through 16. Listen. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. This is Moses talking to God. Now, God responds to Moses, and he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct and I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? He's saying, if God doesn't show up with me and my people... What's going to make anybody believe? Why are we not just one more religion among all the other religions? Why are we not just one more option amongst many options? Jehovah's Witness will open the Bible. A Mormon will open the Bible, right? A Muslim will open the Quran, right? Different people will open their holy books. What's the difference for us? You ain't got no Holy Ghost. Huh? We got to know we need the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God in our life. We need the Spirit of God to do something very real in our life. And you know what? It's not just all in the, in the crazy stuff like tongues and 
prophecy, words of wisdom, miracles, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we believe in it. But guess what? It's having boldness to speak up for your faith. Right? It's having perseverance to stand strong. And when all hell is breaking loose against your life and someone is saying, how are you doing that? How do you keep getting back up? Andre, how do you keep getting back up, bro? It's God, bro. It's God, bro. Ain't no reason. Don't make no sense. Don't make no dang sense, brother. What's the point, man, if God don't show up? If God ain't real, if you don't really answer my prayers, even when I'm messed up deep in my sin, I say, God, I need you again. If you don't come and reach out from heaven and pull me out of that pit, I'm a dead man on my way to hell. What do I got if I don't got a real God who answers real prayers? What do I got? What do I got? I ain't got nothing, man. But a dead religion. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one through five. I'm closing. The Apostle Paul says these words, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved, I made up my mind to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Apostle Paul said, I got nothing to offer you. I'm just one man opening up my mouth on behalf of God, hoping that God shows up when I open my mouth. Because if God don't show up, ain't nothing happening. And when God, when God showed up and anointed those words because they were scripture, it was the message, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. God honors his word. God honors his word. God honors his word. God is not a liar. God is not double-minded. God is not emotional. God is not confused. God doesn't say oops. God never makes a mistake. He knows exactly what he's doing. If you only trust him and believe him and seek him and take him at his word and say, God, I will pursue you. God, I will lay down my life for you. You're all I got. You're all I got, Lord. You're all I got. It's when you get to that place in your life. Oh, my God, man, something begins to change inside of you. But until you get to that place, until you get to that place, until you get to that place, you will splash around in the shallow waters of religion. And you will never drown that old man that has so much power in your life. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is here right now. Hallelujah. 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 Full surrender. Full surrender. 
full surrender. God will settle for nothing less but full surrender. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. That's my God. That's my king. Is it your king? Is that your God? If that's not your God, I want to give you the opportunity to get to know that God today. If you're saying, you know what, I don't know God. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You want to know what the love of God looks like? Look at the cross. Jesus died for you to be forgiven for your sin so you don't have to go to hell and to fill you with his Holy Spirit and to give you the life you were supposed to have. And though we suffer in this life, glory's coming. Glory's coming. Glory's coming. Glory's coming. Where people worship here, the gold, they use it for streets in heaven. The glory's coming. Hallelujah. God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed the message. We pray that it helps you in your spiritual walk with Jesus and encourages you to be the person that Jesus wants you to be. We are Praise Chapel Visalia. And if you're looking for a church home, you can come and join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at 110 Northeast 1st Avenue, Visalia, California. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay current with our latest sermons. And also you can find us on Facebook at Praise Chapel Visalia. Thank you and God bless.